You're listening to the Bug Bucks Podcast, hosted by Alan Draper and Eric Bassett. Each week, they'll discuss ways to scale and grow your pest control company with a goal of helping you become a bug money millionaire. When you realize how valuable your time is and you realize that every minute you're sitting in an apartment or you're spending time at a, at a grocery store or other locations, when you realize that every single minute you spend elsewhere, not on the doors, is lost opportunity, that is what really changed the game for me and motivated me to get out there early mornings, full days, and just and just grinding. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Bug Bucks podcast. I'm Alan Draper. I've got Eric Bassett here with me. What's going on, Eric? Hey, Alan. Not too much. It's the first week post-pest world. So uh, lots of stuff after that. I'm sure that you've got plenty to, to talk about that. But weather's beautiful. I'm not sure how long this summer is like going to hang on before fall really <laughs> jumps in. <laughs> Just hit you in I, the face. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, I'm here for it. Lead volume's great. This has been the best fall weather we've had in a long time. So I'm loving it. Yeah. You know, there was a night in Boston where I think it was like Wednesday night and I was walking around with some people on my team that I work with. And I was like, it's really weird. It's like, you know, middle of October and it's 70 degrees and it's like 10 at night. And then the next night it just dumped. It rained for like, you know, a solid day. So I totally jinxed us, but yeah, pest control was awesome. I got a final list of all the attendees as an exhibitor or a company, a sponsor, you get a list of every single person that went and like what their membership was like if they went just for the exhibit hall or whatever and there were 3700 attendees so very well attended so so it was very cool very solid week we'll have to do a recap at some point but let's get into it today i'm excited for our guest i've known him for a while i guess you could say we compete in a couple of markets although it doesn't really feel like that he's my friend well-respected in the industry. Today, I'm excited to welcome Juan Godinez. He started in the pest control industry in 2006 as a door-to-door sales rep for Rove. And we've had Lenny Gray on the show several times. A lot of people look up to him and you know use his services and kind of respect what he's built. And Juan is Lenny's partner. After starting in 2006, he soon became Rove's top sales rep and manager year after year. He took a hiatus from pest control and he went to practice law full time. We've heard that somewhere before. Juan later returned to pest control space and, and then he became a partner with Rove as an interest holder in two of their branches. He's currently involved in several aspects of Rove's growth strategy across its various markets. And so I'm excited to have you. Welcome to the show, Juan. Thank you, Alan. I've been following you and Eric and Saul for a really long time. So it's an honor. You've had a lot of great guests and I'm honored to be on that list. For sure, man. I mean, Rove and what you guys have been able to do. And I think a lot of it goes back to to who Lenny is, to be honest with you. Just, you know, my first encounter with Lenny was when we got into the same market and there was an issue with somebody on, I think it was my door-to-door guy or something. He's just not your typical, you know, door-to-door bro if that's not an offensive term, I I hope not. But he's just, the way he approaches things, it seems like to be more from a relationship standpoint. And he's been doing it so long. 
and he's really good, right? He's a great door-to-door salesman and trainer, leader, all the above. But I think that, you know, that approach has kind of facilitated Rove's success from my viewpoint and their culture. And for me, Rove's one of those that I just kind of respect. I kind of look up to. And yeah, like you said, you know, Lenny is a big part of our culture. I wouldn't be with Rove if it weren't for him. He's the one that trained me on the doors. You know, what was that 17 years ago out there knocking doors with him in Tulsa, Oklahoma for my first summer. And um, I look up to him so much as well as his, you know, the original founder of Rove, the other one, McKay Bodily, our CFO right now. I, I look up to those guys so much and it's great to have that culture um, to be a part of that and to have a great working relationship with them. You know, listening to Lenny and I 100% agree with him that we haven't forgotten who we are and what we're about at Rove Pest Control. We partner with those that are similar, that are like-minded. You know, there's crazy growth in a lot of other companies and they've tried different methods, but we've really stayed true to who we are at Rove Pest Control. And a lot of that is with Lenny and McKay and our chief of operations, who is also a principal owner, Rob Greer. We've really stayed true to those principles and we look to foster great relationships. Like Alan, you mentioned that we compete in the same market, but it doesn't really feel that way. You know, we try to, we reach out to other owners. We don't want to step on anyone's toes. Our approach to this industry, there are so many customers in our markets, right? Millions and millions of customers. And it's silly to lose sleep and to ruin relationships over you know what, a couple of customers, we're we're just not going to do that because our relationship with you and others is so much more valuable to us. Yeah. I think, you know, if you view the industry from the perspective that there's infinite value that we can add to it, there are a lot of customers that have never had a pest control service, potential customers that have never had a pest control service. And there are some people in our industry and Eric and I have talked about this in the past where they think it's a zero sum game. If you get a customer, I lose a customer. And it's just not the way it works. And what's funny is, like you, I practiced law and got into the industry. You dabbled before, were quite successful before, practiced law, and then and then you're back. And I want to get into that a little bit. But it was the legal field where I learned that just because somebody, you don't share 100% of your interest with somebody that doesn't mean that you don't share some interest with them. I remember when I was a young attorney practicing and there was a deadline and, you know, the opposing counsel, the, you know, attorney on the other side reached out to me. He's like, man, I had this family thing come up. I have this deadline for this motion or whatever it was. And I was like, no way, man. And before I responded, I went and talked to my, my boss. And he's like, of course, because you're going to need that someday. And this is a relationship business. And so I've tried to bring that into pest control and it's proven to be very helpful, man. And just going to pest world last week and just the relationships, man. I mean, you were there, you and I spent quite a bit of time together hanging out. One of my favorite things about the pest control industry is that we can rub shoulders with people that we work in the same market with and we can learn from each other and all of us be better because of it. Yeah. I I really felt like when I first got into the industry, that there was a big scarcity mentality, right? Like I was out there recruiting. I was at BYU Provo and up against, you know, the bigger companies, although there wasn't as many companies as there are now back then, you know, there wasn't these big headquarters that you now find out there. 
But there was a little bit of a scarcity mentality, especially in the door-to-door world. But, you know, part of our culture talking about it, you know, Lenny wrote this book that pretty much reveals our secret sauce of how we sell. You know, Lenny's initial approach in his book, in the first one, in Door-to-Door Millionaire, is exactly how I do an initial approach. And here we are, you know, here's Lenny writing this book that is sharing that with with the rest of the pest control community, as well as the rest of the door-to-door community. And we really feel that there's a lot of value in that, you know, there's a lot of value in everyone being better. I think of some of our markets where there's been some pest control companies and other door-to-door companies that haven't followed the way that, you know, haven't knocked doors the way that Proof does, the way that Rove does. And we've run into issues, nothing that we did, right? Nothing on us at all, but it was, you know, some other companies and, you know, we've got a, you know, we're lumped in, we're all the same. We're knocking on doors. They don't know if it's Rove Proof or whatever company it may be. We're lumped into that group. So I think there's a lot of value in making sure that we do it the right way and that others do it the right way. And you just feel better, right? When you have a good relationship with others and uh, it just makes you happier and, you know, helping others grow and you grow yourself. That's really our culture at Rove. And that's why I've stuck around. I actually signed in 2005 and then started knocking doors in 2006. And I haven't gone with any other other company since then. All those, what is it now? 17 years have been having that that same relationship. And, um, you know, I went off to practice law a little bit and when I wasn't completely fulfilled and satisfied with that, I reached back out to Lenny and that relationship with him was always there. And that's when I came on board as a partner. You know, I, I love whenever I get a chance to connect with another guy who's knocked pest, especially knocked pest in like the early to mid 2000s, because that was my same journey. You know, it was like 2008 pest control. I'm 18 years old, you know. And like knocking was different back then, you know, way, way different, Eric, way different, man. Yeah. Right. Like, like I had no idea what other guys were doing in other parts How of the country. Different? Yeah. Now, you know? well, now you have social media, right. And you're following yeah. these guys that are putting on 1000, you know, 1500 accounts. And, you know, I always looked up to Lenny, you know, Lenny's the original goat with the you know, 1142 accounts there in, in Salt Lake, our first year as Mountain West Pest Control before we came rove in, uh, in our other markets. And that's all I, I really knew, you know, and that, that mark was like, are you kidding me? A thousand accounts in a summer? No way. But now you're following social media. You're seeing all these other guys, you know, 1500 accounts. I saw one guy going for 2000 accounts. Josh Zuniga, um, man. And 20, yeah. <laughs> Josh is yeah, crazy. Gonna hit it too. And he's going to get it. Yeah. He's going to get it. He's incredible. Um, you know, following his story from a distance. So that piece of social media and being aware of other success, I feel is like up the game, right? Because it's like, man, I, I thought I was good with my, you know, 10 per day or, or my seven per day. But now I'm looking at these other guys. I'm like, shoot, 20 per day. I, I, you know, and looking at some of these ACVs, these average contract values, that's really changed the game. And then the training piece, um, right? When I first started with Rove Pest Control, you know, Lenny Gray, you know, was with, at Eclipse Marketing with Tom Karen, some of these other big names out there. You know, he pretty much developed their training manual with Eclipse Marketing, working for Orkin. When he came over to Mountain West Pest Control, which then became Rove, you know, our training manual was like 30 pages. Now it's 120 pages. A lot of the concepts that are similar to Lenny's book, but specific to pest control and specific to Rove. So the training has just upped. Leveraging technology, you know, we use an online training platform where our sales reps can 
go down the list and self-assess where they're at. Where are you at with the initial approach? Where are you at coming with overcoming this concern? Leveraging these different technologies has completely changed the game. Yeah, man. Technology is is amazing. And for both the PCO where we've, you know, you're used to the whole paper and pen contracts and clipboards. I mean, you know, when I was selling the first couple of years, I had this this binder, right? With all my filled out contracts in it and checks and cash and people's credit card numbers and, you know, all this stuff that I carried around every day. And now it's an iPad and an app and that's it. You know, and for for companies that have door teams, like you said, the training platforms are huge. You know, I mean, these guys can can train and self-assess and help develop themselves with, I would say, not less training from managers and other regional trainers, but just a higher level of individual and personalized training, which is such a game changer. So for the whole pest control industry, technology has been a big change that's been awesome. Yeah. Eric, like I said, it doesn't replace the in-person touch points, but for a guy, and you know, let's take our typical college student, he or she's in school for you know, 30, 40 hours a week, might not be able to make those in-person trainings for whatever reason, but be able to hop on 24-7 at any point, do some online training, watch some videos, self-assess, do some recording, send it to their manager. That's huge for us. So what percent, if we were to break down like a successful door-to-door salesperson, right? 400 plus summer. Okay. What percentage of that success is just their intangibles, just their personality, what what they brought? What percent is their work ethic? What percent is their ongoing training? Yeah, great question. I thought about that too before this podcast, because one of the things I wanted to talk about was you know, my story. When I first started off with Rove, I did a, a half a summer. I was a, as a lawyer and I, I practiced for the Air Force. I was a, as a JAG uh, lawyer. So my first summer, I had to do some Air Force training and I only spent two months. Um, had a pretty good summer. I, I did 200 accounts my first summer, actually 180 for the record with a short amount of time. I think I, I had some natural ability uh, to be able to communicate with people. My second summer, I did 400 with a full summer. And then I think the third summer was 500 while managing a team. Those second and third summers, I had to you know, knock doors with other guys, train them, uh, handle those calls at 6 p.m. You know, hey, I just had the yeah, cops call on that's me. That's a lot or, of work. Man. Or, hey, man, I, I'm getting a headache, you know, sort of thing. So I've thought about that. What helped me progress? And I've had other guys to, you know, you bring them out the first year. I had one guy did 200 accounts first year. Then next year, does 400. Looking at those leaps and those jumps, I think your first year knocking doors, you don't know really what to expect. Uh, you kind of go out there, you rely on natural talent. What really changed the game for me, you know, going from three to 400 per summer to 700 was amount of time on the doors. When you realize how valuable your time is and you realize that every minute you're sitting in an apartment or you're spending time at a, at a grocery store or other locations, when you realize that every single minute you spend elsewhere, not on the doors is lost opportunity that is what really changed the game for me and motivated me to get out there early mornings, full days and just and just grinding. And so I think there is a, a sliver of natural talent, but natural talent and abilities will not get you very far in door to door. I've had guys and Alan and Eric, I'm sure you've seen it as well in your experience where you have guys, you just think they're going to knock it out of the park, right? They're the life of the party. They exude confidence. There's no way anything is going to rattle them. And then you get them out in the doors and it's like, 
oh man, you know, they spend two hours, no one's home. Instead of figuring out a solution, they kind of call it a day, right? They tuck tail and call it a day. So for me, I, I don't really rely on natural talent. Um, I think of one sales rep I had, he had a little bit of kind of a speech impediment and walked with a little bit of a limp from some childhood things that he dealt with. But that guy worked harder than anyone else on the team. He just talked to more people. So naturally, he got more sales. And then the training piece where that comes in, for us, I really feel like the training piece, we can take a guy that might do 50 accounts, maybe 75 pest accounts, which for those who are listening that aren't in the pest industry, pest space, that's lower, like what, 20th percentile? What would you say? I don't know, 10th percentile. We feel like with our training, we can take a guy like that who's willing to work, who has that commitment and that work ethic. And then through our process, we can take them to the next level. Uh, I remember one rep in particular, he came from the dish space, um, telecommunication space and, you know, had average summers. And then we put him through our program. I went out, knocked doors with him, trained him, taught him a few things. He 2X'd his summer from what he had done previously with that other company. So I think that training piece comes in to increase the ability and the, and the skill level of those that do have the work ethic. They just don't know how, you know, maybe they joined a company that you know, it's like, hey, here you go, you know, go knock some doors. And, and we've all seen it, right? Those those companies where it's like, you know, maybe it's a pest control company that says, hey, you know, we want to try knocking some doors. You know, here's Lenny's book and, you know, here's a pen and paper, go make it happen. It's going to make a big difference for someone like that. I get a lot of questions from guys that own companies that haven't done door-to-door. They didn't grow up in the industry. Yeah. They didn't sell. They're like, hey, Alan, I want to start a door-to-door program. What do I tell yeah. them, man? Man, I tell them it's expensive. You know, I, I say, hey, did you talk to your CFO about this? Have you talked to any CPAs about this? Where's your money going to come from? Are you going to be recruiting guys from out of state? Are you going to be housing them? What's your training program like? Uh, what's your route availability? Is it just going to be like, hey, we're going to sprinkle them on among our routes? These tend to be smaller companies that we hear of that want to do door to door. You know, do you have the route technician availability? Are you going to have a dedicated start route, or is it just going to be like? Yeah, we'll get to it when we can, you know, two weeks down the road. And we know with door-to-door sales, you have to service that either the same day or or the next day, or that person's going to be changing their mind. You know, the attrition rate between day one and day three, it goes up exponentially there. I had two guys reach out to me last week, Alan, asking that that same question. Hey, I see a lot of these guys going door-to-door and I just, you know, split it on them. You know, what's it going to cost you? Have you looked at that? Do you know what People are paying out commissions-wise. Do you have an incentive structure in place? There's just a lot more to it. Lenny's great with that. He's got the door-to-door consulting and um, that he's done. And, and McKay's played a role in that as well, looking at the financial pieces. But I think the biggest thing is just understanding the cost. I mean, even for us, we've been doing it for, uh, I don't know, since 2003, so almost 20 years. Door-to-door is really expensive for us. It's getting more expensive. And I mean, you bring up a lot of good points. Because a lot of people don't understand there's, you know, there's the practical aspect of having a door-to-door team. There's the financial aspect, you know, practical aspect would be, do I have trucks? Do I have techs? Do, you know, do I have apartments? What, Whatever. Do I have the software for them to sell, track leads, whatever. Financial aspect, hey, do I have the money to fund this and fund the practical aspects? And then there's this kind of, there's this intangible set of factors with door-to-door. And that involves all this balancing, right? Like, hey, I have to create this space where door-to-door reps can be successful. 
and I say guys a lot, but this goes for females too. And we've had very successful female reps in the past as well. But so a lot of people, they'll come to me and they're like, Hey, Alan, I need a door to door team. And I try to see, you know, I have people that I can work with to see if I can set them up with the door to door team. But first of all, the door to door reps aren't necessarily going to sell it exactly the way that you want them to sell it. And you can't just come in guns blazing and say, you know what? I'm canceling all of those accounts that you just sold. Go for that. You just lost your door-to-door team. So there's all these, there's this balance. Eric, have you found that where it's like, for me, it's like, I'm always trying to balance like the service guys that are like, yeah, the door-to-door guys did this and that. And then the sales guys that are like, you know, that they didn't service it until three days later. I don't have any spots on my route, whatever. Right. Well, and as a PCO, I feel like one of the big struggles that doesn't get talked about a lot is And just like you guys were talking about, not only is it expensive to have a door-to-door team, but your resources, like your energy and your time, like emotional energy. And so, you know, you're a PCO and your employees, your customer service staff, your technicians in the field, your managers, they rely on your involvement just as much as a door team does, right? And all of a sudden you bring a door team into the picture and all of your emotional energy goes to these guys, which is a very high level for that season. And it's been tough because not only does the office staff sometimes struggle with those logistical things like, dude, you should see what this guy told this customer or the technicians like, really, I had to resell this customer for the sales guy. But they deal with those pressures and they also deal with understanding that their direct supervisor or the owner of the company is less involved because they're having to deal with all this door-to-door operation. So, For the PCO out there who didn't build their business through a door-to-door operation, it's not just the cost. It's not just the the money and the dollars and cents that you're going to invest into this thing. It's also splitting your resources, your time between your pest control operation and your sales operation and the relationships that you deal with, which is why, you know, I get a lot of the guys that ask the same question. Hey, I want to start a door-to-door team. You know, what do I need to do? And one of my biggest things is like, if you don't know how to do door-to-door pest control, if you don't know how to do the recruiting, the training, the logistics, all that stuff, it might be a really good idea to find somebody who does, (laughs) who can provide some support emotionally, energy, money, or otherwise, you know, because it's it's a gut check. It's a gut check for the people who didn't build door-to-door because you realize that you're going to have to put forth time and money and energy before any of these accounts are sold. And then when the accounts are sold, you aren't going to make a cent on these until they're, you know, whatever, eight months, a year in or longer, depending on the commission level, right? And so you tell a normal PCO that and they're like, oh, wait a minute, like, seriously, like my return on investment is going to be that far down the road. And so it's a very long, long term investment that you do. So Yeah, that conversation is a tough one (laughs) that I've had with some PCOs. I think there's this other element of like, it's a significant emotional drain too. You talked about just having the time resources, investing that. But it's not just like the equivalent of spending the same time with like digital marketing, for example, because there's a stigma with door-to-door. I had a guy leave me a review this year, a one-star review, and he said, I'm only leaving a one-star review because if you go door to door, then you deserve a one-star review. That's what he wrote. Oh my gosh. And so there is that. So if you're thinking about, for the listener that's thinking about, hey, 
you know, I hear all the all the flare and the flash, and it's it's real. You can really scale a pest control company with door to door. Trying to consider it for my company if it's the right fit. These are great things to be thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even looking to hire a third party marketing company won't one hundred percent relieve all the stress, right? Because you still have to follow up on those accounts, making sure they're sold right. There's still going to be an emotional investment with that. You know, one thing that we've done in the past at Rove that's been kind of cool is when we've had owners reach out to Lenny or to McKay, hey, we want to do a door-to-door team. We've actually had, you know, one or two of their guys, maybe a technician or one of their top, top bright, you know, stars in their company come out and knock doors with us for a summer. Hey, come check it out. Come see what we do. You know, obviously we wouldn't want to do that with uh, too many competitors that compete with us in different spaces. But if we get someone from, you know, one of our non-markets that they want to do door-to-door, and we get a guy that you know wants to knock doors for a summer, put on some accounts for us, and they get the the background and the training, and then they go back to their company and implement that. We've seen that work in the past, dude. That is awesome. I've never really really thought about that before. Having the confidence to take someone else from some other operation and bring him in with the intent of saying, "Hey, I'm going to show you all our secrets. I'm going to train you. I'm going to show you how to be successful in this." Bold with move. the intention of him leaving to go back to his company and start his own door-to-door program. Dude, that's, yeah, bold. Just like Alan said, real bold. These are companies that we've had, you know, long-term relationship with and kind of a, a level of comfort and, and understanding of, you know, what they're going to do with what we teach them. Well, we're wrapping up here, guys. We've got about three minutes, four minutes left as we're kind of, you know, concluding our conversation here. I think this has been a really great conversation for people that, you know, all three of us are getting this question. Hey, Alan, Juan, hey, Eric, I want to start a door-to-door, you know, operation. What does it take? And I've seen people, I have a buddy in Chicago, was just hanging out with him at Pest World. He's done awesome just teaching himself and he's good. He owns a company and I think he, you know, sold two or 300 accounts one year. No real training. He just kind of, He'll go out there, his pitch, he's just kind of taught himself. And so it can be done. I think it's rare, but it can be done. And, you know, there are opportunities for people, like Juan said, to use a marketing company. We've done that. We've marketed for other companies. We've used marketing companies for some of our branches. And so there, there are options out there. You know, I think it really comes down to, guys, I think it comes down to The ultimate goal of the PCO in terms of just scaling the business or scaling, you know, the perspective of the business or whatever they're after, right? Fulfilling their their end-all be-all goals with the pest control company is for them to spend time doing what adds the most value to their company. So for the guys and the gals that are thinking about, hey, I want to implement a door-to-door program, there's a lot of great things that we've mentioned. And the ultimate question is. Two questions. One, does this further my goals? Does this further my company and uh, on this path toward achieving these goals? And two, does it allow me as an owner and the leader of the company to use my resources, especially my time and money in the way that is going to bring the most good and the most value to the company? And sometimes the answer to that is no. Absolutely. And just to, to add one further question to that and one further piece of the analysis is these folks that you're bringing in to do door to door, you know, we, we talked about it, you want to have something in place where they can be successful. You know, the worst thing that you could do is get a, a guy or a gal to commit four months out of their year, five months, whatever it may be, to come out and you don't have the operation 
that can support it. Yeah, I've always thought when I go out there and recruit sales reps, I think it's harder than selling because I'm not asking for someone's money. You know, I'll knock doors, you know, ask for 600 bucks, 700 bucks all, all day long. That's easy. That's a simple transaction. We're done. But you're asking for someone for three or four months of their time. Make sure that you have that, you know, that, that you're, you're going to be emotionally available for them to support them, that your operations are, are going to be tight. These are people's lives. And, you know, one thing that, that we've tried to do with Rove is, is create that culture. Like we don't recruit 100 sales reps, you know, 1,000 sales reps. Our teams are smaller so that we can put that time into them. And I think a lot of that goes back to our founding, you know, with Lenny and you know, being a door-to-door sales rep, me, door-to-door sales rep. We know how difficult it is. It's one of the most challenging jobs to do out there. So if you're considering adding door-to-door to your equation, don't just look at it from a financial perspective. That's important. You know, you're going to look at the numbers, you're going to be a PCO. But from that human perspective, looking at the human perspective is always good business, right? Always, always good business advice. So consider that as you know, adding door-to-door. If you're already doing door-to-door, looking at those aspects of your business where you're supporting those the Dota door reps. Yeah, man, I think that the idea, especially from the beginning, if you're trying to implement a door-to-door program in your business, quality over quantity is your friend, right? It's really true no matter how big you get and how big that operation goes, but especially from the beginning, quality over quantity. Yeah, love it. I look at what Proof is doing as having two markets, right? Two customer bases where it's, on one hand, we have proof marketing, which is you know the door-to-door side and then the actual service side. But you develop a brand and a reputation. You have to, just like anything else, the best way to be successful is to help others be successful. And sometimes in the door-to-door industry, that's not how people are looking at it. And the way to really get the most out of a program is to make sure that everybody's happy, which is Man, it's hard with door-to-door sometimes. So I think this has been a great discussion. I didn't know that this is the direction that we were going to take it in. But obviously, you know, Juan has this diverse background with his legal experience and law school, and he's taken a hiatus from pest control and come back. And so I think this is really helpful just to the, you know, everyday PCO that's considering adding door-to-door to their, you know, marketing repertoire. So this has been fantastic. Juan, I appreciate you joining us today. Do you have somewhere where people can reach out to you if they have questions or want you know some type of follow-up? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm always happy to answer questions. I'm on Bug Bucks. I'm on Facebook. But the best way to probably get hold of me is just Juan G, uh, you know, my first name, last initial, at d2dmillionaire.com. Love it. Well, thanks for joining us today, Juan. We wish you nothing but success you, in the future, brother. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me on. Sure thing. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for listening to the Bug Bucks podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please show your support by subscribing and leaving us a five-star rating. Thank you. And we'll catch you on next week's episode.